order to attack targets that have already been bypassed. Fly patrols where the enemy hasn't been seen for months. Now we've done every low-down, dirty job you've handed us, hoping that we would just limp along and go away. We will not go away. We have a right to fight for our country, the same as every other American. So you shut us down, or you let us fly. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. is Cheap Seat Reviews. <clears throat> Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Oh, thanks, Andrew. This is episode 306, and tonight we're talking about Red Tails. Uh, it's on Disney Plus, and it's only on Disney Plus because Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Um, so that's how we we're able to get that. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. It only takes a few days to walk from Germany to Italy, Jimison. Ooh. Oh, wait. Was I late on that? <laughs> oh, Red Tails. Yeah, I forgot. You know, I started, I started to do that, <laughs> and uh, I didn't. Well, Sam did it a bunch last week, and that's why every time I said Red Tails, Ooh. yeah, then uh, that would happen. Uh, that other voice you're hearing, if you think, man, that kind of sounds familiar, well, that would be Cornelius. They should have just called him Maverick Logan. No good. Shot to the good. Oh, switching the guns. <laughs> you're switching the guns. They're too close. So you're going to switch to the other gun? I was inverted. Oh. Giving him the bird? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's good to have you back on, Corny. I, uh, we, uh, we always miss you, and we're glad to have you back on. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Red Tails, 2012's Red Tails. And I, uh, I wanted to do this movie simply because I wanted to see it. And when I remember, I remember seeing it coming out in theaters eight years ago, I thought, oh, cool. Um, and for years, I thought it was directed by George Lucas, which it's not. It is uh, executive produced by George Lucas, and it is considered a Lucas Arts film. And um, this where it stops. Yeah, this movie is is. But it it does stink of Lucas, though. Oh, it totally does. Oh yeah, it totally yeah. It's well, not just stink. But sounds. It sounds like George Lucas. Yes, it um, does. And not the good ways. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Um I don't I don't like any of the sound design in this movie. I don't like hearing Star Wars explosions in my World War II airplane explosions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like hearing laser guns when it should be machine gun. Yeah, that was really strange. Lightsabers and things. It was very weird. But like like even the soundtrack is kind of bad. I don't. I just. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So we're, we're gonna get into it. I don't. I hope this movie doesn't or this podcast doesn't just turn into forty-five minutes of us hating on this movie, but um, it might. 
promise that. No, we can't. We really can't. But yeah, 2012's Red Tails, um, it is... Well, it's simply, it's another story telling of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, the, uh, the um, Army Air Corps, um, all-black uh, pilots. And it wasn't just pi- uh, black pilots. It was a, basically an all-black um, regiment uh, to ground crew, cooks, stewards, everything, right? It was, they were totally segregated, and they had their own everything. And when these pilots showed that they could do good things, you know, the, um, they, they were given a couple of really important missions, and they were extremely successful at doing them, which was really great, which, which makes it a really, really great story. And Tuskegee Airmen, the movie that came out in 95 with Lawrence Fishburne, is a really great movie and does mm-hmm. a really good job of fostering emotions about what's going on. And I'm just going to say it up front. This movie, I had no emotion on this movie. I felt this movie feels like it just feels kind of cold and paint by the numbers. And it's a bummer because this is such a cool story. I felt like as I watched it that I was watching Star Wars on land. And I know that I w- even if I had not seen the Lucas Arts and the uh, and George Lucas name as the producer, I, I still would have felt like this was Star Wars ish, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like just the way that they, they communicate with each other and the the dialogue. It's the the dialogue is bad. There's some bad stuff in this movie. Um, I captured yeah. a little bit of it, but oh, man. there's there's a lot of bad in this movie. And again, it really bums me out, especially when you have really, really good actors like Cuba Gooding Jr. and yeah. David Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, who's only in it for like five seconds. I mean, I guess we didn't know who he was yet. But like yeah. but like what a wasted character. Like we we get this character who's the new guy and they haze him for five minutes and then we almost never see him again. Yeah. You know, it's like why even have him? Why even have this character? J- uh, David o- Oyelowo. I always pronounce his name wrong. Oyelowo. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Anybody else help me out here? Oh, oh I said it right last night. I, it's o- it's Oyeller. Old <laughs> David Oyeller. <laughs> um, oh, no, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, the David Oyeller. Oyelowo. Okay. Uh, Joe Lightning, right? And he's he's a trope inside of a trope, right? Like he's... He's a great actor, but in this movie, he's just one note, and it's just he's ladies' man. I'm gonna do whatever I want to do, and he's your Han Solo, but like, but a bad Han Solo. But like, it, but Han Solo, even once Han Solo becomes part of the of the army or the navy, or he becomes a general, so whatever you want to call him, he follows orders. He follows what he's supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like. Well, yeah, true. You know, like, and even, and my, my, my nickname for Andrew or you is that they should have called him Maverick. Even Maverick does, you know what I'm saying? Like, David or Joe's character, he does obviously, he, he is doing the job that he is, you know, enlisted to do. But it always feels like he's trying to just, I don't know, do too much. And that, and I know that that's a character. And if everyone just played by the rules, it'd be kind of a boring movie. I get that. But good gosh, that dude. I just, I don't know. Like, We're going to go right. I'm going to go left. Right, exactly. And <laughs> he, he almost comes across as a douche as a result. 
Yeah. Um, and and Terrence Howard, I I kind of felt like his only job was to just say important things. Like, and do that Terrence Howard smile. Yeah. I just that half uh half lift up thing in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What like when he saw the iron when he saw the um the war machine suit in Iron Man One, he goes, Next time, baby. Like Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed this. him doing this in the movie for the planes. Next time, baby. Like everything is next time, baby. Yeah, exactly. Lunch. Next time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to get a burger? Next time, baby. Okay. Stop calling me, baby. What were you saying, Andrew? Andrew, what were you saying? Well, no, it was a Terrence Howard thing. He's uh, he's very well groomed. Uh, he has this like hairline that comes down to a perfect point right in the middle, and then his mustache almost does the opposite. So it's almost like this hourglass look to his face. Interesting. Uh, and that's the only thing I can tell you about him. Because other than that, I don't, I don't like him as an actor. Oh yeah. No, no, I, that, that's a, that's fair. I, uh, I too don't necessarily like him as an actor. Um, but uh, Andrew, to, to, to your point, um, having been to many a, a, a black barbershop in my lifetime, um, he paid someone good money to do that, and uh, probably took like you know an hour and a half, uh, but only twenty minutes of work. The other hour and ten minutes was uh, um, therapy because that's what happens uh, in barbershops. All right, right on. Okay. Um, Ice Cube was right. <laughs> uh, so some of the other actors, and we're going to do our intros here in just a second, or our, our five word reviews in just a second. Um, so you know, you got Neo in this, which um, I his his I don't know if that's how he talks. But his accent in this movie, it, it kind of cracked me up a little bit, but it was also hard to understand sometimes, too. There was a couple of times where I'm like, do I need to go back and put, you know, subtitles on? Um, trying to think. Uh, the guy that played Coffee, I remember, we remember him from, uh, his name was what, Tattoo from Shaft? I remember him. He was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll do our five word reviews, and we'll get a little bit more into the cast uh, because um, I'm going to give you a little teaser. I think we have a hopping man in this movie. So oh. yeah, we'll see what that oh, wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. All right, all right, we'll play it out. Oh yeah, so I was like, do you remember what that is, right? The hopping, the hopping man. Oh yeah, I remember. okay. So uh, if you don't know what it is, go back and watch your episode on Dark Man. Uh, Andrew, go ahead and hit us with your five word review. That poor gimp was somebody's son. <laughs> okay, um, so my five-word review is uh, is this movie screams George Lucas. I've already said it, but that's my five-word review. Um, it's you know, and like you said, it's not the good George Lucas stuff. It's everything that I don't like about the revisions of Star Wars and. And the stuff that I don't like about the original Star Wars, it's 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 all that, and it just from the very first line of dialogue, I was turned off about this movie. And the first line is essentially, "Hey, there's Germans. Let's go get them." <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, literally, that's that's what they say is, oh, look, Germans, let's go get them. And I thought, okay, I, I, this is not a war movie to me. This is, I feel like I'm watching. And then there's uh, even a point where I felt like one of them even said Red 5 standing by. Well, they are. They did do red. Red <laughs> one, red two. I don't know if we got a red five, but it would not have surprised me. But uh, like you said, the dialogue, uh, like I said earlier, the dialogue in this is not good. And uh, there are some good caliber actors, but things are not delivered well. And I feel like the writing was not good. And if you're doing something that's going to celebrate history um an important part of history it needs to be done well i mean you can't just uh, and i don't know maybe i'm being a little harsh but uh, you can't just throw it together i feel like it was thrown together a lot of it um well i don't know thrown together is the word yeah well the crazy thing is is that this movie was in like production hell for a long time um George Lucas wanted to make this movie in the 80s and um, had multiple lead actors and multiple directors, and for whatever reason, he couldn't get it greenlit. Now, I did write down in the trivia here, uh, I'm going to skip ahead, but, um, you know, let's let's be honest. Uh, Let me find it. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Yeah. So, so let's just let's be fair. Hollywood is still got some issues with race going on. I mean, let's just be uh-huh. let's just be real fair, huh. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a shock, I know, right? I mean, and like if I would have told you like back in the fifties and sixties, you'd go, oh, okay, yeah, all right, you know. But not now. I mean, not now. Surely not now. Well, according to this piece of trivia that I found, again, it's IMDb, I don't really know, but George Lucas began developing Red Tails in 88, but was, un- was unable to secure funding from any major studio, as any he approached believed that producing a film featuring an all-black cast would be unmarketable. As a result, Lucas ended up funding the project with his own money, investing $58 million into the production of the film, and a further 35 towards marketing. Hmm. Like... And that was today. That that was, that's recent. Or the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like like the the fact that, and I even remember, and I don't, Corny, you might have remembered this, but I remember being making a big deal when J.J. Abrams was you know casting for the new Star Wars, and people were like, wait a minute, you're gonna have a woman and a black man as the leads in your Star Wars film? You can't do that. I mean that's that was twenty. Yeah. What, 2016, 2015? I mean... Somewhere in there. Are you, are you kidding me, Hollywood, still? So, anyway. Um, so, I, I want to make that point, you know, Andrew, about this. this you're not wrong in that the movie doesn't feel... It, well, to your point, it doesn't feel like it, it's been in production since the 80s. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the... I mean, I know, of, the, of course, the story that it's based on. Or not the story, but the real-life events that it's based on that was documented and, and you know that's not changing but you can keep that skeleton of a or or framework if you will of a story and build upon it but this one just felt like i don't know I, it honestly didn't feel like 
and I know this sounds bad, but it felt like a high school theater student kind of wrote the script. Well, let's talk about the guy that wrote it. So John Ridley's the guy what wrote it. And he has done a lot of work. Talented Mr. Ridley? Yes. Um, he has done a lot of work, but most of it's TV, right? So he did... Oh, yeah, that shows. Yeah, like the John Larroquette show. He did something called The Show. Um, he... he um, oh, I need to get into his writing credits. Yeah, writing. Um, he wrote a couple episodes of Martin, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, he did something called Team Knight Rider. I don't know what that is. He did oh, write... What a- terrible show he did write the story for three kings which we sh- we did on this show and is a really really good movie so so good job there and then he spends some more time doing more tv um the wanda sykes show he did the sh- uh, he did barbershop the show and then he does 12 years of... Sl- oh, hold on. I got, I got the writing. Writing, not producer. Uh, he does Red Tails and then does 12 Years a Slave, which was like Oscar nominated. But then he does like bad movies like the 2016 Ben-Hur that was a Christian film thing that was really not good. Um, and then now he's... Like right now he's working on the Untitled Alicia Keys Showtime Project. And he's writing for the untitled Marvel Cinematic Universe television show. Hmm. So, I just the dude can write. He has some skill. I mean, he he and he's produced some really really good movies. But I don't know what it was for this movie. If maybe because I don't know. I, I can't obviously explain why. And I wonder if uh, money pushed into the project makes some changes writing. Oh, maybe because for yeah. shows like Martin and and Fresh Prince, if he did write some episode for that, I guess depending on what he wrote, uh, I'll put it this way: I can imagine that if you're already taking the gamble on an all black audience in a movie, which I'm actually I've actually heard that numerous times about um, how a movie may not get picked up or a show may not get picked up without replacing maybe a character or two with a Caucasian person just for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for ratings. However, uh, I feel like maybe if uh, the money is pushed the right way, then you change some of the dialect to be uh, less urban, less or uh, more or more inclusive or something to that effect. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I just. This, this is a period piece, right? Like. He's not having to do slang. You know, he's not writing barbershop. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I don't right. know. I, but just, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, just the way... Okay, so I'll, 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 the way that I saw conversations being had are not the way a conversation would be had if it were like my father or grandfather and someone else like i know that's not the conversation they would have you know when you have the drinking issue or sending someone out that shouldn't be like i feel like maybe maybe was forced to write a little more generally yeah than, uh, than the yeah. culturally 
I see what you're saying. Well, the other thing I'll say about this, and I've I've watched Tuskegee Airmen a couple of times, three maybe three times. This movie feels really safe to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the N word is dropped one time, and it's and and the guy is immediately punched in the face, which you know he he should be, but. It just for whatever reason the movie just feels really safe. I it it from from my point of view as a white guy, it really doesn't show the struggle that they had to go through. Yeah, you know, like it isn't. It never really felt like like Terrence Howard argues with with um, Breaking Bad for a little bit, and they're in these and they're in these crap. Yeah, and they're in these kind of bad planes. But we, I never really felt like. If I didn't know the history, right? If I, you know, if I showed, you know, my son this movie, which I wouldn't, but if I showed him this movie, he would have no, I don't think, a real understanding that they had it hard, mm-hmm. that it was difficult. And, and that's what Tuskegee Airmen did really well, is to remind you how hard it was for them to even become pilots. And I think maybe yeah. because this movie, they're already pilots by the time we get there. We don't really get to see that struggle, like that. That's what makes the movie not have any heart. It's because for, again, the movie is supposed to about these black guys overcoming everything to do to fight for their country, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, it just feels like a really safe, like you said, kind of a Star Wars prequel kind of a thing where we have to. I don't know. Well, it, and going back to what Corny said, I, I wonder how much, and I know how he likes to do this. Uh, I think we all understand how he likes to do this, but I wonder how much George Lucas wanted to say and what was going on with the script and, or, and maybe it's a studio thing, you know, maybe the studio said this needs to be, you know. Well, again, I don't, I don't think there was a studio. I think you're right. I think it's more George. I, I, Fox, I think eventually helped produce it, but, this this is yeah. a George Lucas thing. I mean, this is Lucas Arts. He probably called up, you know, Skywalker Sound and said, "We need your help." You know, like um, if only they could have, you know, found a way to get um, John Williams involved. So well, that would have <laughs> that would have made it somewhat likable. <laughs> yeah, I I really didn't like this score. It's been a while since a movie the score actually made me grumpy. I didn't yeah. like it at all. Um, Corny, go go ahead and hit us with your five word review. Sorry, we didn't. I didn't mean to. to oh yeah, yeah. Um, this was really surprisingly bad. <laughs> this was really I, bad. yeah, five words. So yeah. starting start the movie, I see Lucas Arts, and I'm like, okay, all right, let's see what we do here. And Andrew, I will say, I probably went another three minutes past what you did before I was like, this <laughs> this movie is hot garbage. Yeah. And I thought, well, no, no, no. That's I, I, I know from doing this podcast, you got to give it time. Maybe it gets better. Uh, that is uh, also not true. Holy cow, this is just get worse. Uh, I, I have never been so disappointed in a movie that you really wouldn't have to try to make good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I know we'll we'll get into it, but uh, for the most part. Um, there were so many scenes that had nothing to do with plot progression or story progression. Like I think what happened, you're like you could have just avoided that altogether. Yeah. 
I'm thinking of like uh, the first bar scene. I get that kind of, but even then, you don't have to. You don't have to do that there. Like you could you could have waited um, until they all came to town and then maybe had that moment. And then there's a quick fight and then a, a quick agreement and then beards are had. But uh, that one and you know. Now, I think I know who your hopping man is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, it's uh, uh, the German leader in the very front part of the movie. They follow him back, and he looks at him as they leave, and I don't think we ever deal with him again. No, remember, he he's actually the one in the jet that... David, oh, he is the one in the jet. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. So they, they end up killing each other. Oh, spoiler. But they kill each other. Yeah. No, not him. He's he's an American white dude. That actually narrows it down to about six guys. <laughs> oh, is it uh, dude man escaping from prison? No, he because he shows up at the end with the dog he shows tag. Up with the thing. Yeah, that, that was that's my joke about how it only takes you like a day and a half to get from Germany to Italy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like he it felt like I have we don't there's no well, mention technically of, depending on where you are in Germany. It could just take a day and a half, right? But it's not like they're in northern Italy either. You know, like right. they're they're kind of in the middle or farther south. I'm not exactly sure where they are in Italy, but they don't have the entire country. Like Central, it was it they were far enough enough that it was snowing there. You know, and then like the next day, he's like, "Oh, hey, by the way, here's the thing, here's his dog tags," and he looked like he had just gotten out of the shower. Right? He looked all clean. And you know what I'm saying? Like he would be filthy. He would have been struggling for days and hiding on back road and getting through trails and then trying to get past checkpoints, even the American checkpoints, so he didn't get shot thinking he was a German. Like it's a hard thing to escape from prison. <laughs> Just they made it seem so easy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like that's lazy. It just felt so lazy. No, my hopping man is Brian Cranston. Yeah. He. Oh yeah, he gives Terrence Howard some grief in one scene, and then we never see him again. You know, like like Cranston is playing the the John Lithgow character from, or the archetype from Tuskegee Airmen. Though John Lithgow's character is a senator, and he's yeah. the one that's like, "You will never fly, you will never this, and you'll never that." Like he's constantly trying to put them down, and it and it actually kind of comes in the force of, and this is true, uh, the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt flight. Like, that was a real thing, and that helped secure more funding for the Tuskegee program and uh, the, the all-black program. And But John Lithgow's character is like a force throughout the entire movie until he kind of finally has to shut up once the results come in. Like, Brian Cranston, he never gets that that moment where he, like, they talk about all this, the success that these guys are having, and he has to get told by a superior to shut the hell up. Like he, we don't get that. And and like like I want that, right? Like you want that in the movie. You want Terrence Howard to punch him in the face, like not physically, but you know maybe, but like like verbally, I, I, you know, like morally. I, yeah, I think that goes back to what you were saying about how this movie was you don't see the struggle as much because that character could have been that John Lethgo character from Tuskegee uh, and, and put these, uh, you know, put that pressure and put that negativity in the film that you, you know, you're, it's not there that you don't, 
since uh, in this one compared to the other. No. My five-word review is simply, I really miss Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> he, he was in what the... What I told you? He was in the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I, I wish the uh, director would have taken the red pill. Um, no, Fishburne is what... He's so good in that first movie. And, and even Cuba, he's in the first movie. And he's really good Cuba. in it, too. And... I don't know. I just it bums me out. It really bums me out because I was excited to watch this movie, and I, I <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh out loud, but when the German when he's when David uh, when Lightning is behind the German and then he does that aerial stunt to like get him behind him, my wife looks Sarah looks over at me and I go yeah they they couldn't have done that they planes can't do that. And she's like, eh, that, that seemed weird. I'm like, yeah, yeah they can't. They, no. He would, it would have broken in half if he would have tried. And then, yeah. And then he does it like he does the old hit the brakes, he'll go right by kind of thing. Again, that's, you can't. You're going to do what? Yeah, it's not a thing. But, you know, you have to make it kind of exciting. And I'm okay with that. Uh, do but you it, though? It made me. I mean, in a historical film, do you have to change stuff like that? I don't know. <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> I mean, they probably kept telling him like, "You can't use lasers or the force." He's like, "Why can't I?" <laughs> this movie is made; it's a historical movie. You, you know, when you're, we get into continuity, and we get into uh, maybe not continuity. That's not the word I'm looking for. But we get into, uh, you know, how does this movie compare to reality? It's there's no there's nothing fiction that should be in the way that planes operate in this movie. Yeah. You know, it is, it's about wartime airplanes in World War II. If they can't do those kind of stunts, you shouldn't put it in the movie. I don't know. The, the other thing that bugged me since we're here, the other thing that really bugged me is that it never, when you were in the point of view of being in the cab, you know, in the in the cabin, you know, in the little bubble with them in the airplane, it felt like it was the most quiet, smooth thing ever. Like like the conversation yeah. we're having now, they could have, like yeah, they did have, <laughs> yeah, like they were just they were just chit chatting and and whatever. And I guess they could talk. They had radios. I understand that, but like those things were noisy. You're literally sitting on a metal engine with guns on the sides. Like it would have been so loud. And Welcome to Red Tails, the podcast about airplanes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And people are like... They, they, I know, they could have had that. I mean, that, you're right. It was... It wasn't... You didn't feel like you were in war. Well, not just war. It didn't feel like you were in an airplane. It felt like they were sitting in a comfortable studio with a pro, yeah. you know, in a prop. Like, even when, you know, like, and when they're fighting the jets and he goes, we need more speed... So they go high up and then they do a dive. There's a thing called G-force, right? Like it would affect them physically. But no, they're just happy. Like, you know, again, they're just as comfortable as I am in my chair right now. And probably more so because they probably have better air conditioning than I do right now. And well, they did have to turn their heads a little bit when they <sighs> swerve from side to side. <laughs> I mean, it's just, 
it's While just the stuff like shook in front of them. It's just stuff like that. But that's the thing. I don't even think the camera ever really shook. It, it's not like it was J.J. Abrams shaky cam like they did in Star Trek. It just it felt smooth and and just it was too clean. Yes, it's too clean. It's prequel Star Wars. Yeah, is the problem. That's why we like Star Wars four, five, and six because it's dirty and crazy, and the Millennium Falcon is weird and dirty and like. It's not all clean and smooth. I mean, I know that those those P fifty ones, those that metal. I mean, yeah, it's going to be shiny and and all that. But like, I don't know. I just it's just a bummer. Is all. It didn't feel. I'm not expecting twenty. You know, this movie to be Saving Private Ryan in the air, but but it could be. But we've already seen Saving Private Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Like we we know what that not in looks the air. like. Right, but I mean. <laughs> but we've seen other war movies in the air and then yeah, right. and then have done it better so much better okay um i don't have many notes this movie actually kind of breaks my rule with notes because i think i just kind of got i just kind of gave up taking notes um like i did write the love story is lame and i know the only reason why it's there is so that we can have a moment where she's sad because he's dead that's the only point of the story. Um, I did write the dialogue is bad twice because I'd forgotten that I'd already written it for the first time. <laughs> um, I did laugh that the mom had to come on the date. I thought that was pretty funny. I wish we would have actually gotten to see a little bit of that footage. That would have been pretty great. Where like he's trying to put the moves on the daughter and the mom's there like slapping his hand. I, there, there would have been a, a, a fun moment of brevity that we didn't get to see. Um, are you still with us, Corny? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, just make sure you, you're quiet for a minute. Uh, I did write, I'm glad that Cuba uh, is in this movie. He was in the first one, and then he was also in Men of Honor, which was a really good movie. So, um, unfortunately, they didn't give him enough to do. And then that's kind of it. And then Hopping Man Brian Cranston, that's really it. I mean, uh, that's all I wrote, all the notes for, because... Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, I got a couple of clips, so I'll play some clips, and then if that you know sparks anything else we want to talk about, there we go. So we mentioned some bad dialogue, and there's this is only three seconds, but I I hated this. Damn those glory grabbing bastards! That's that's the bomber pilot getting getting mad at the that the pilot chasing off after thing. Now I didn't capture it, and I kind of wish I had. Um. But for some reason, they decided to actually give you a little bit of the audio of the airplanes, the fighters as they're leaving to go chase the Germans. And it, it's kind of dumb. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys... Um, oh, yeah, I noticed it. Because it was right after they... Ooh, piece of candy. And they chased <laughs> after the <Yeah>. Germans. <laughs> Because that was about the time I was rolling my eyes at the dialogue, and then I heard this pl- the plane sound. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, like because you, you can hear the radio, and you literally hear them going like, "Yeah, let's go get them, boys." It just it sucks. It's so bad. Um, I, I wish I'd have captured it. I'm actually pulling up Disney. Oh, what's happening? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're. We're in the beginning of the movie. I want to play it. Let's see if we can hear just a little bit of it because I, I wish I, I said I should have captured it, but it's so bad. Um, all right, so we're going to... 
We got to get the intro here. We get the intro. This is such great podcasting audio. I know. Let's just listen to this music for a second. All right. All right, so there goes the Germans. German, let's get them. <laughs> <Turn> your line. <laughs> get them, boys. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's so bad. Where are the damn fighters going? Did you hear that? Did you hear it? Go get them. Go get them. They say it like four times. That's so dumb. There's, there's no reason to have that in your movie. Here we go. Just come here. Oh, that's so bad. All right. Um, this this line kind of made me laugh. War is hell. What we're doing is just boring as hell. There you go. Oh, kind of cut off there. Boring as hell. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that about the movie by that time, and that was early on in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh yeah. What? 15, 10, 15 minutes into yeah. it? Maybe something, not even something like that. Um, here's Terrence Howard getting to say cool things. Respect the uniform. Believe me, sir, that is all I have respect for. There you go. And that's the last time we see Brian Cranston. We don't see him again. I just. Oh, oh, I, I know what happened. Terrence Howard murdered him. Get <laughs> the suit. Murdered Brian Cranston. Oh, okay. Um, here's a little bit of the inspirational. Uh, here's an inspirational speech. Um, it's 41 seconds long. It's uh, it's probably the best part of the entire movie. And that's just because we're just asking Terrence Howard to be Terrence Howard. One bomber, that's 10 men. You getting one Jerry so you can put a cross on your plane. That doesn't balance that. We count our victories by the bombers we get to their targets. By the husbands we return to their wives. By the fathers, we get back to their children. What has not changed, what will never change, from the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man we fight, we fight. There you go. The music so behind it's terrible, but... but the t- oh, yeah, it is. What's up? I said, so I have a problem with that speech. Yeah. Whole purpose is to stay with the bombers and keep them safe, get them to their point. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into, we're going to fight until we can't fight anymore. And I'm like, well, you're supposed to protect. So I, I mean, I, I get where the, the speech is. It's a good speech, but then I kind of get like, well, you're not really heading in the battle per se. You're just, really kind of protect like I know you're going to fight some things but you're not really going out to just take things down yeah well so I, I think slight problem mm, with yeah I mean I guess it's the mindset right like if the if you go into the mindset that we're here to protect the bombers so that yeah we're going to have to dogfight to get these fighters out of here but we're going to do it in a in a place that we can help the bombers um, stay safe as opposed to go chasing off hundreds of miles away like those other guys did now what the movie does, and I, I had to look it up because it didn't seem right. They're dogfighting like inside the bomber squadron formation. You would mm-hmm. never do that. 
That is so dangerous. You would the you whole would, purpose is to draw things away from the bombers as well. Exactly. It, it's it. You would never do that. I mean, it, honestly, it's the equivalent of like Tie fighters chasing X wings into canyons and stuff. Like you would. There's no reason to do that. Just you're in space. Just wait for the Falcon to just come out somewhere and just fly over them. <laughs> you know, like like the 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 scene in Empire Strikes Back when they're when they're flying and they eventually go into the cave with the big you know space worm. It's a cool scene and the ties you know the ties are down with them, but they keep getting blown up because they're trying to outmaneuver the Falcon. Just fly above them. You know, like like they make they make fun of that in Serenity in the, in an episode of Firefly where they're like they're flying through this canyon being all clever and then they just look up and they're just above them. He goes, "Oh, I didn't think about that." You know, it's like <laughs> anyway. Um uh, ah, great show. Yeah. Here's uh, the only other thing that made me laugh in the movie. When you get upset, uh-huh. when you get mad, you turn red. Right? When you get envious or sick, you turn green. When you become cowardly, you turn yellow. And y'all got the nerve to call us color. <laughs> that's right. I, I actually really like that. I had never thought of it that way, but that's hilarious. Oh really? I I have known that. Uh, I've heard that joke for uh, decades. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I kind of just assumed that was the. Well, being as the white guy of you know you know, it, it was never said to me. So um, <laughs> that's also a good point. Yeah, I tend to forget things like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I'll put in my journal of. Journal of things that happened in my life that might not happen with my friends. Well, I mean, and to be fair, unless you have said it to me, it probably hasn't been said to me. So, um, <laughs> I in fact have not said that. Uh, <laughs> assuming again, because I thought, oh, he knows this. Yeah, no, that's, that was funny. <laughs> I'd never thought of that. It was great. Um, and to prove that there were Star Wars explosions in this, I did capture this. There you go. That's yeah, that is. Oh God! That's straight out of you know um, Attack of Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace. Like I think that's the exact same explosion, you know, that they use when, um, whenever like there's a, um, what's it called? The um, I don't know any any explosion in that in Star Wars. What? Yeah, that that yeah. As soon as I heard it, it honestly, in a, in a movie that. Never really had me. I immediately was thrown from the movie, like violently. Oh yeah, but with no G force because there's no G force in this movie. Um, you know something else that bothered me? There was some explodium in this movie. Oh yeah, gosh yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, one of the very earliest scenes where they are shooting this German truck, like they shoot the truck, <laughs> and it explodes violently. <laughs> well, that now, thing. Now this is. Traveling with nothing this, but fuel? I mean, it had to be a fuel truck to explode that way. And then, the, the, the I mean, the train right after that, I mean, it was demolished yeah. and explodium laced. And then several of, you know, the, uh, the battleship that they attacked towards the end of the movie. Uh, and then right when What's-His-Face was landing and he, uh, you know, he didn't land well and nearly uh, crashed and burned, literally. He barely, like, barely crashed, a little bit of fire, and then all of a sudden at the end, he's, like, burned to a crisp when they're pulling him out. It, it's just not... Well, you're not... It's too Hollywood. 
Yeah, you're you're not wrong about the explodium, and and this is going to get a little historical nerdness, and I apologize, but that's that's my one of my roles on the podcast. Those those um those flying fortresses were hard to knock down, and this movie made it felt like you hit it twice in an engine and it just explodes and a wing breaks in half. Like yeah. those things took many 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 bullets to take down, even. The fighters, the P-51s, those things could take a beating. A lot of times they'd come back with multiple bullet holes in them and be fine. Like, they were meant to be tough. And and even the German 109s, if you're not wrong, it felt like, you know, pap, 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 oh, he's dead. You know, like video game armor kind of a thing. It just, it didn't, it didn't feel real in that aspect. The other thing that also annoyed me when I mentioned earlier about being safe is that Okay, yeah, it's sad that what's his name died. Um, uh, Lightning. Like, yeah. like, but really, and in that entire, he's the only guy that dies in that entire movie. I just, it didn't feel real. They didn't feel like there was ever any consequences or any like no one was ever in danger. You mean, you just mentioned the guy crashes his plane after getting shot, passes out, wakes up, crashes, burned to death. Oh, he's got third degree burns on forty percent of his body. He'll be fine. Really? Yeah. That what? Really? Okay. <laughs> I just I I didn't care about anybody because they all lived. They were, everybody, everybody was fine. Everybody had plot armor on. It just didn't it, it didn't feel well, real. Well, in all fairness, he did have his black Jesus card. Well, I mean, he did have black <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Andrew, I'd almost forgotten that was a thing. I did. Yeah. I did too, actually, now that you think about it. That's that's why he he was fine. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. He had a, he had his playing card. Dear eight pound six, six out, out Jesus. black Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so here's one thing I do want to mention, and that I that this movie I will say this, and the good thing of this movie is that it forced me to learn something. So, at the end of the movie, you get the little readout about the, kind of some of the stats from the the airman. I thought, and the reason why I thought this is because at the end of Tuskegee Airmen, the movie, and, and, Corny, if you remember, Andrew, I don't, I assumed you, maybe you watched it, I don't know, maybe you didn't. Uh, did you ever watch the TV show? Yeah. No, no, no. Have you ever watched the TV show Family Matters? Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. With Steve Urkel? Absolutely. I remember very few specific moments in that show. But once, uh, I, one of the shows, or episodes I remember very specifically was the, um, the mom. Um, um, sorry, not the mom. She's, like the, she's the grandmother. She's oh. the cop's mom, right? The dad's, yeah, yeah, his yeah. mom. I remember an episode where she talks about her husband who was a Tuskegee Airman. Very specifically. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And in the show, she said, very proudly, as she should have, that the Tuskegee Airmen never lost a bomber to enemy fighters. And they say that at the end of, of, of Tuskegee Airmen, the movie, which came out in 95. Uh -huh. But this movie makes no mention of that. And I thought, wait a minute, that's a thing that you would plaster all over this movie because that is the, the coolest thing ever. So then I did some research and found out that like in 2005, uh, a historical study was brought up about Tuskegee Airmen, and it took like four or five, six years. Basically, they're trying to figure out if that claim was true because that, that, 
the reason why people thought that is because that's what the army said, that the army, you know, in a press release said this thing. And then after doing research, they found out that it's not true. But here, is the, here are the numbers, and this is still incredible. So on the 179 bomber escort missions, the, the 332nd fighter, fighter group flew for the 15th Air Force, the group encountered enemy aircraft on 35 of those missions. So only 35, but still. Of those uh, and lost bombers to enemy aircraft on only seven. Seven out of 35. And the total, numbers of, total number of bombers lost was 27. So if you look at it on the whole, in 179 missions, they lost 27 bombers. By comparison, the average number of bombers lost by the other fighter groups in the 15th Air Force during the same period was 46, meaning they lost 46 bombers per flight, per mission. Oh, wow. And wow. they lost 27 total. So it's still incredible. It's still mm-hmm. incredible. Like, uh, that's, that's something truly to be proud of. I think that's amazing. But the movie forced me to learn that, which I am grateful that the movie made me learn something. Um, but that's kind of about it. All right. Um, so here. And now for some more bad news. Ready? A prequel and sequel, and I would argue a prequel has already been made, which is called Tuskegee Airmen, uh, and a sequel are playing. George Lucas wants Lee Daniels and Spike Lee to direct them respectively. Um, that's, uh, Okay. I'm okay with so that. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lee Daniels did, um, he did the 12 years of slave, right? And he also did mm-hmm. Selma, I think too. I'm, I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. for that. I think that'd be great. And I think he would probably do a lot better. Um, also Spike won't deal with, uh, nonsense. So. Right. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. But then again, I don't know if that trivia was written. That trivia has to have been written pre- George Lucas selling Lucas Arts to Disney, right? Because George yes. Lucas can't make movies like that anymore. I mean, if he wants to executive produce a movie, then it's going to be George Lucas, not Lucas Arts, because yeah. Disney owns Lucas Arts. So if yeah. he wants to make a sequel in a in a in a prequel to this movie, it's going to be him, which is fine. But um, did this movie make money? I don't know. I, I I don't know, and I no, guess people are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I, I kind of don't want George Lucas to be involved in movies anymore. I don't either. Uh, he just needs to go sit on his money and just hang out. I mean, if he wants to like fund things, sure, but let other people that can do a good job do it. You know, let the J.J. Abrams of the world take care of it. So this movie, this movie, we I mentioned earlier that he he put fifty eight million dollars of his own money in this movie. It only made worldwide fifty, so he he lost you know, the thirty five in the marketing plus about eight, on the budget. So he took a bath on this one. So I think that's probably why there has not been more of them. I mean, there's this is a cool story, and I'm I'm okay if you know if in a couple of years someone else wants to make this story, but. You know, let have, it. have have Michael B. Jordan be the lead guy. You know, like he's yeah. he's a great actor, and he right now is. I mean, honestly, can you think of another black actor that's hotter than him right now? I mean, like 
star-wise, not just attractiveness, though he is pretty attractive. Um, uh, Sean likes the dark chocolate, I see. I do like dark <laughs> chocolate, actually. I knew you kept me around for a reason. Um, and the, the guy, I can't think of his name, the guy that was uh, that played Black Panther. Um, Chad Bozeman? Chadwick Bozeman, yeah. He'd be great, too. You know what I'm saying? Like We have, we have another generation of these really talented black actors that would be great in a movie like this. So let's make it yeah. happen, Captain. Um, Sam Jackson was in talks with George Lucas at one point to star in and possibly direct the film. Oh, please, please give me this movie again with Sam Jackson. No kidding. <laughs> it would very much be rated I'm R. Tired of these Germans. <laughs> um, this one wasn't in trivia. I I was reading through the goose. I don't usually read through the goose, but this movie made me. So, I thought this one was funny. The searchlight in the POW camp appears to have come from the studio's lighting department, as the ears for the barn doors are visible. That just cracks me up. <laughs> um, that just made me laugh. The barn doors are the things that you use to focus the the light yeah. in and whatever. It's hard to explain it without the, my hand doing the visual <laughs> that the guys can see on Skype. It's kind of like blinders for horses. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a way to focus yeah. the light. But I, I I didn't notice that when we when I was watching it, and that's usually things that I would notice. But I was too busy paying attention to the fact that they built that really well crafted tunnel. And, you know, just, I, I don't know. It just, and then the guy shows up at the end. Like, let him have died in a sacrifice. I just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just, again, it's just too safe. Let him attack the German so that the other guys could get away. Yeah. You know, give, let him have a heroic death. There's nothing wrong with that. But no, he has to show up at the end. So that Easy can feel good about his decision to let him fly. I mean, no, it. War is hard. War is hell. It's supposed to be hard. This just seems like day camp. You know what I'm saying? I just the dude got shot and lit on fire, and he's just gonna go home. He'll be fine. I just just put some aloe on it. He'll be fine. Like there's no consequences in this movie. The guy is a drunk, and he's a pilot. He's, he's leading the squadron, and there's no consequence from that, ever. And his decision, and his decision, like after drink, actually not a bad one. Like now we're gonna stay. Like yeah, that's that's the right decision. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, and his and his and the colonel told him to, or whoever, whatever Cuba Gooding Jr.'s um, rank was. But he told him to stay. But Cuba, like Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. Excuse me while I whip this out. Okay. Thanks, Sheriff. Um, Pardon me for this movie. So we decided to do uh, air combat movies. And I have a pretty interesting uh, feeling, or I have a feeling that this is going to get pretty interesting um, pretty quickly. So, uh, Andrew, I'll let you lead off. Okay. Uh, number three, I have the movie Stealth. Yeah, okay. Oh, Not, not a great movie. movie. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> but... Uh, it's some. It's a little fun in some aspects, but it's a it's a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, I also have uh, number two, Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah, I figured we'd have uh, that. Yeah, and then number one, you you mentioned it earlier. Um, I guess pre-show, but this is one of my favorite movies, and it's because I sat and watched it with my dad all the time when I was younger, and that's Memphis Belle. Memphis Belle, yeah, that's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. It's better than this one. Has the guy that played the Phantom in it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so there you go. Corny. Ooh, my voice right. cracked. <coughs> Corny. Yeah, man, what's up? Um, <laughs> so my number three, uh, I'm actually uh, going to go with uh, Die Hard 2. Okay. Now, I know it's not in the air, but <laughs> I already made my decision prior to us uh, confirming it had to be air flight. Okay. There are but people that die up. in an airplane. Yeah, the plane blows up. You want to talk about Explodium, that plane that crashes, it's, you know, it's on fumes, and that thing lit up yeah. like it was a nuclear explosion. <laughs> All right. So uh, my, my second movie uh, is How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. You're going... All right, I'm with you. I said air combat. Right. I didn't say airplane combat. You're right. Yes, and then, uh, but my number one, uh, and, and for any flight attack movie, will always be Top Gun. Um, I still, I, even when I watch it today, I still get excited to watch uh, Maverick struggle to get back into it and then talk to me, guys. Talk to me. Yeah. I do that at work when I'm working on a, a, a machine. I'll just go talk to me, Goose. My boss is going to stop saying goose. Just get it done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. What about you, Sean? Uh, so my honorable mention is a really bad movie called Iron Eagle. Oh, um, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. this is not good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the... What about the uh, Germans on the moon? No, that's Iron <laughs> Sky. <laughs> Iron... You you've seen Iron Eagle, right? You had to. Have. I know. I was, yeah, I was I gonna was say kidding. you had to have seen it with uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Oh yeah, they made four of those movies, by the way. They made four I of them. Doubt it. Really? How are there four of those, and we're just now getting Top Gun sequel? You know, <laughs> that's funny. My number uh, so Top Gun's my number three. Uh, I did Tora 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 as number two. I've only seen it once, but I remember I enjoyed it. But it was so long ago, I don't remember much about it, honestly. I probably should put Top Gun 2, Tor Tor 3. But number, my number one is a, um, excuse me, a World War One flying movie called Flyboys. With, um, is that with Franco? Yeah, James Franco. And I haven't seen that. That's actually a pretty good movie. And oh. um, I really enjoy it. And I think it would be worth doing for the podcast just because we don't often get World War One movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting seeing, you know, flight between you know flight combat between biplanes versus these things. I mean, like they at one point a guy literally pulls a gun out and shoots a guy in an airplane because they're so close and slow. You know, I mean, those things weren't. Hmm. So anyway, um, looking I right. I had now, an honorable mention, but I didn't mention it. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, just That's honorable, case. huh? Well, it was in case one of you used it for your, uh, uh, for one of yours. But uh, I was going to say Independence Day. Oh uh, yeah! Today. Oh, really? And it brings my favorite line. <laughs> I'm pilot. I fly. I'm pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know you're right. Um, yeah, Flyboys yeah. is on Vudu with ads, Pluto TV, and Hoopla. So. It just sounded like you just made up words there. Yeah, I kind of did, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's there. It's on, uh, it has a um, IMDb rating of a 6.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of 71%. Oh. So it's, uh, if it ever gets on a Netflix or an, um, 
or on one of the other services that we use, Amazon or whatever. We'll, we'll I'll put it on the list. It's a it's a good movie, and it's it's more real than than this one. Meaning that the 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 characters in the movie are based on real people. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, time for this part. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Well, undead. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, I will tell you. This is where we score the movie. We give this movie a grade, a score, a number, if you will. Um, and we, we do so with uh, Andrew. Yeah, I, I just hate that this one wasn't better because the subject matter, I think, is historically important, number one. And number two, I think that any war movie to me is interesting automatically for the subject matter. But uh, this one somehow was able to escape my interest. Um, so I'm going to just leave this at a, a 4.5. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't, I can't go any higher. Mr. Logan, what you got? Uh, again, I'm just... So surprised how bad this movie was overall, between the dialogue and, and, in my opinion, some scenes that just really didn't move the the story along. But, um, I mean, I got through it, and also the length of the movie two hours, get out of here, yeah, that, and it feels like it. Oh, it it felt every minute like an hour and a half into it, I was like, I think I get it, um, but I'm gonna give it like uh, four point four out of 10 and uh, like Andrew just said uh, it's just it's it could have been so much better because it's just so much to write about in that situation and then it's like they chose to go well just chose not to do that stuff yeah no I, yeah, I, yeah I, just, I think we can all agree that there are movies out there that deserve good treatment by Hollywood and this is one of them in my opinion yeah, or, or or good stories, right? Like there yeah, are lots yeah. of really interesting yeah. stories that can be that should be told and can be told. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge—that's a great example. That's a, an incredible yeah. story, but Mel Gibson nailed it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, uh, I'm going to give it a little bit better score, but only because. And I'm doing this in honor of my favorite airplane of all time, the P-51. So I'm going to give this a 5.1. Um, I, I nice. Well, yeah. The P-41 space modulator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Thank you. 51, my lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cadillac of the Sky. It was a great airplane. And um, again, that's that a movie, too. Cadillac of the Sky? Oh. oh, I don't know. The theme to that is wonderful. Yeah, the, the Empire and the Sun. Yeah, Empire of the Sun. Yeah, John Williams wrote a piece of music called Cadillac of the Sky, because in the mo- in that that part of the movie is when the 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 Americans have arrived just to basically liberate or to attack Japan, and the, the camp has been liberated. Prison mm, camp. I want to go listen to that. And uh, Batman gets saved, which is pretty cool. That's that's tasty. Christian, Bale. wait. He- he finds Jesus? Christian Bale. No. no. Nice. Yeah. Oh, Christian Bale is what happens when Christians don't go to church. Mm. <laughs> Christians, 
It's a Christian Bale. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a it's a good meme. Andrew Jim the stuff of the plate. He's uh he's been been pretty good. Oh my God, he's sent it out of the park. Oh my goodness! All right, um, that's our show, man. That was fun. Um, well, it was fun to hang out with you guys. That movie wasn't very fun, but um, I mean, go watch it, I guess. But go watch Tuskegee Airmen if you can. Yeah, you know, do that one. Just, do that, just, just do that do instead, that. and just pretend you saw the other one. I mean, like under the section more like this on IMDb. Of course, the first thing that comes up is uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, and then it also has Flyboys, and then Wind Talkers, which we did. Uh, the Red Wind Baron, good. Um, Red Baron, which looks like a uh, a not American made film, but it's about the obviously the Red, Red Baron, and then uh, the Monument Monuments Men. And then Memphis Bell. So yeah. there you go with uh, those people. But yeah, go watch Tuskegee Airmen. Great movie. I mean, it really, really is a good movie. Um, and you can, oh, you can watch it on HBO with Prime Video Channels. So if you have HBO Max, that means you could probably watch it. So what we uh, what we looking at next week? What's on what's on the docket next week? We are finishing the trilogy. That's right. We will have done a trilogy. I don't know if it's our first. I think it's our first full trilogy. We are doing Angel Has Fallen. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, Angel Has Fallen. The Gerard Butler Aaron. Uh, actually, not Aaron Eckhart. It's uh, Morgan Freeman is the president in that movie. And as he should be. Oh yeah, sure. What other? What was the other one? Was it Deep Impact where he was the president? Uh, yeah. Or one of those comic asteroid meteorite movies. I think that was, was it. That? I think he was. Yeah. Because yeah. Danny Glover was the president in 2012. So yeah, I think he was in Deep Impact. You're right. Yeah. Morgan Freeman needs to be the president. <laughs> yeah, he just needs just to be the, can, the actual just president. So I can hear him talk. Could you imagine how awesome like the um, the State of the Union address would be with him doing it. It'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. Everyone <laughs> would watch. Good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, everyone would watch it because it would be amazing. And we, he would just say for us to do things, and we would just do it. I would want him to do the uh, the nightly uh, presidential address over the radio. Mm. It would do the Winston Churchill type thing and just give us a daily... Radio, so we can all fall asleep. To we will watch. find them on the beaches. We will find them. In... <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. Even if he just reads the weather. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. No. Definitely. <laughs> I'm good with that. Well, uh, it's on... was going outside today. And saw it was going to be hot. <laughs> so put on your sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. Angel has fallen. It's on Netflix. Go watch it for next week. Angel has fallen. We've got some. We got. Uh, we're we're kind of keeping it up with the um, the summer blockbuster movie theme right now, since there are no summer blockbuster movies. Uh, so we've got a bunch of action movies all kind of in a row. Um, so here we go. Uh, Angel as has fallen is next week. So that's going to do it. Uh, in the meantime, until then, you may or not just may, but should. Uh, read my script, so tell me what to do. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Um, cheap Seat, at Cheap Seat Cast is our Twitter handle. 
CheapSeatReviews.com is our website where you can find links to those things as well as links to our YouTube page. Um, you could submit a movie request right there on the website. It's real easy. Just there's a little form you can fill out. It'll send me a message and say, hey, someone wants to re- want you to do a movie. So if there's a movie you want us to review, we're all over it because, hey, we will watch anything as evidenced of tonight. CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com <laughs> is our email address if you want to send us something, if you want to send us a, re- uh, a request that way. Um, we do have uh, people who have sent in requests, and their movies are still on our list. We're just waiting for things to become available on streaming. Sometimes they're just not there. We're going to get there. Uh, I have a little list here of, of movies that we're waiting for. So anyway, Corny, so glad to have you back. It was really, uh, really, really cool to have you back on. So yeah, man, yeah, yeah, good. I'll listen to your orders. Oh well, you know. Requests, maybe? Oh, you know, this whole flight thing. I, I didn't want to be a Joe Lightning, so. No, oh, okay. I appreciate that. Um, I guess Sam would be like the Joe Lightning of this podcast. Anyway. So on behalf of, uh, oh, yeah. of Andrew and Corny, this is Sean saying thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Last time we saw Joe Lightning.